Hello, my name is Jacob Schondel. I am the Webmaster and Media and Technology Committee Chair for Shepherd of the Valley, and you are listening to the ShepherdCast, the weekly podcast from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Sandyville, Ohio. Each week, we bring you our weekly sermon in audio form, as well as our weekly Bible readings. We thank you for joining us for worship, as even though you may not have been able to join us on Sunday morning, we are glad to have you with us through this podcast. Now, if you like what you hear, and you're able, and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship experience at sotvchurch.com slash worship. In case you're curious what the readings are for this Sunday, or you would like to follow along in your Bible, we will be taking a look at the readings listed in our show notes for today's episode. Also, when we read our readings, those come out of the NRSV translation of the Bible. So, without further ado, here's this week's readings read by our lay reader, followed by the Gospel and Sermon by the Rev. Scott J. Anderson. Good morning. Good morning. The first lesson is taken from Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 1 through 4 and 25 through 32. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, This proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that that shall die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit inequity, they shall die for it. For the inequity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed to and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they have committed. They shall surely live they shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel. Are my ways unfair? It is not your ways that are unfair. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, Otherwise, iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn, then, and live. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will read responsively Psalm 25, verses 1 through 9. 
To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Rather, let those be put to shame who are treacherous. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your steadfast love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. You are gracious and upright, O Lord. Therefore, you teach sinners in your way. You lead the lowly in justice and teach the lowly your way. The second lesson is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptying himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel acclamation. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter, beginning at the 23rd verse. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Yeah, what? Exactly. Jesus said to them, I will also ask you, 
One question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two then did the will of his father? And they said the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise you, O Christ. And let us pray. Gracious God, help our yes to be yes and our no to be no. Help us, dear Lord, to follow you, to deny ourselves, to take up your cross, our cross, so that we may truly follow you in thought, word, and deed. Help us to be inspired by examples such as Bob Gretz. We ask, dear Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon me that I may preach your word truthfully and faithfully. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bob Gretz passed away on Saturday, September 20th, at the age of 92. I had the honor to hear him talk to our pastoral leadership class during our senior year at seminary. And I came away completely impressed with this servant leader who embodied grace, love, and peace. Bob Gretz was a Lutheran pastor here in Ohio, most notably in Columbus and Logan, but was better known as a white Lutheran pastor serving an African-American congregation in segregated Montgomery, Alabama during the 1950s. When Rosa Parks refused to yield her seat on a bus to a white passenger, Gretz joined other activists and encouraged his congregation to join the city bus boycott. As the boycott continued for months rather than just one day, Bob Gretz gave rides to as many as 50 people per day. He stood alongside his friend and colleague, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. at the Montgomery Courthouse. He was the only white pastor to support the boycott and paid the price for it. 
He and his family experienced violence. His house was bombed twice. The tires on his car were slashed. Sugar was poured in the gas tank of his car. The sheriff, who preferred segregation and hated outside agitators, which is what he called Bob Gretz, even though he did live in Montgomery, arrested Gretz for illegal taxi service. There was a certain degree of intimidation when he was left alone with the guards and the threats of being killed while being in jail. These threats were not just limited to the sheriff. There were daily occurrences of threats from phone calls in the mail. Threats were extended not only to him, but to where it hit him the most. There is a deep fear for his children. On one occurrence, uh, they were playing outside and they received a phone call saying, I noticed your kids were outside. They aren't there anymore. Do you know where your children are? Fear was a daily part of existence. Bob Gretz wrote in his book, and I quote him here, deep fear gripped me. A fear I rarely experienced during the movement, but each time I found myself in such a hostile environment, cut off from my friends, a pall of oppression smothered me. Those times of isolation were the most depressing times of our entire Montgomery experience. Not the bombs, not the threats, not the nasty phone calls or letters. Nothing was as frightening as that feeling of total helplessness. Anytime I left the house to go downtown or head to the airport or drive to another town in Alabama, carry on my ministry. I knew I was leaving my refuge to go into enemy territory. Each time I said goodbye to Jeannie and the children, I knew that this could be the last time in this world that I would see them. We lived each day knowing that our lives, mine especially, might come to a violent end at any moment. But there was also hope in the midst of all of this. On one day, which Jeannie was 
especially fearful and anxious, was reminded of the circle of love that existed in Montgomery at that time. And she received these words that were obvious, but yet were beautiful and wonderful reminders in that moment. God is in charge here in Montgomery, the same as he is everywhere else. The Gretzes clung to the words from Psalm 27 which begins, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Last Sunday in our epistle reading, we heard St. Paul encouraging his beloved saints in Philippi. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel and are no way intimidated by your opponents. That was Pastor Gretz in Montgomery, Alabama, especially after December 1st, 1955. He stood firm in one spirit, side by side with his parishioners. If you'd like to know a little bit more about Bob, uh, there's a book through Augsburg Fortress, a white preacher's memoir, Montgomery. I think that this is a valuable book to read because it gives us some perspective, not only the influence and that Lutherans had in Montgomery at that time, but also gives us a perspective of Minneapolis, Portland, Louisville in 2020. Bob Gretz helped and continues to help me see how Paul, writing from a prison cell, and I think of his time uh, there in the Montgomery cell, and how Paul encouraged his beloved congregation in Philippi to stand firm in one spirit, to be mindful of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This thought is further developed by Paul in our opening verses today, where Paul says, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. 
let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Paul further cites the Christ hymn, uh, the uh, subsequent verses that we heard this morning. To be of the same mind of Jesus in looking beyond our own interests, that is, that part of that formula that we have been talking about, to deny ourselves. The cross of Christ is central to this hymn. First of all, Jesus' humility is uplifted. Jesus did not regard his equality with the Father as paramount, as something to be exploited. This is emphasized in what Jesus had told his disciples in Matthew's Gospel. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. As proclaimed in the Christ hymn, Jesus, the divine Son, lays that divinity aside to take the form of a servant. In the Christ hymn, this sense of humble service is beautifully described as Jesus being emptied. The point here is that Jesus gives completely of himself, that Jesus loves so completely that he does not do this to emphasize his equality with the Father, but to live in humble obedience. This obedience leads Jesus to the point of death, even death on a cross. From the Christ hymn in Philippians, we begin to understand the context of our gospel this morning and the depth of meaning of Jesus' parables. This parable has its roots in what Jesus has previously taught in his Sermon on the Mount. We need for our yes to be yes and our no to be no. We need to allow God to change our no, whether it's in word or in deed, to a yes. Just as the tax collectors and sinners who had first said no to God through their sinning but did yes by repenting when they heard John the Baptist preach. It is for us to not say no to God as the Pharisees did when they heard John preach and Jesus as well and said no and did no even if their lips proclaimed a yes. It is a time for repentance. Jesus is calling us to repent, which is the common thread of Jesus and John's preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This repentance is saying yes to God in both word and deed. Today, we as a people of God need to be of the same mind as Jesus, to be willing to take up our crosses, to be that third son or daughter who says yes in both word and deed to this loving God who said yes to us on the cross. this all of God's children say. Amen. You have just heard a very special sermon from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church. We thank you for listening to the Shepherd Cast this week. If you like what you heard and you are able and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, 
we would like to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays. Our services are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about the worship environment at our church by visiting sotvchurch.com worship. While you are there, you will also see the precautions which we are taking on account of the COVID-19 pandemic in order to worship safely. As I say every week, we are a church in service. If you wish to support this podcast, we hope you will support us by supporting our church's ministry. For more information on how you can do that, please visit sotvchurch.com support. Of course, you can keep up with us online at our church website, sotvchurch.com, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SOTV Sandyville. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Shepherd Cast, so please tune in then. Until then, we thank you for listening, and God bless.